so I reiterate here, the bill is dead. The story of this great city is about the years before this night. Hong Kong, I am Andy Curtin, and I'm here with Vivek Mabubani. Uh, if you want to find me online, check out at Andy Curtin, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. What, what are you plugging today? I'm today? plugging my website, funnyvivek.com, keeping it pure and clean. I thought you're gonna do like next week, it'll be Twitch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> follow me on Twitch. I'm gonna try one game and fail at it and be like, forget Twitch. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> Uh, if you check out the description of the podcast, I've put in a link to my... Every Wednesday, I send out a newsletter with some random stuff. Uh, and also, I have a blog on andycurtain.com you can check out. And if you're liking the podcast or not liking it, whatever, just subscribe. Hit the subscribe button uh, because that's the best way to get more of us. Yeah, because like if you really don't like the podcast, subscribe, let it download and delete it. That feeling of rejection, it's really good. Yeah, you'll feel better about yourself. Yeah, exactly. You're like, I, I'm still not listening it's to you just guys. Just download it 20 times each episode. That yeah, is- think about it this way. It's like if you subscribe to us, it's like us hitting on you every once a week and you're going, no. All right? And then you, how empowered do you feel? Yeah, what a great way to start the Monday. Hey, so you're, uh, you're doing shows again. Look at this yeah. guy. Oh, look at us. Things are happening, man. I mean, the English scene has been picking up and stuff. The Cantonese scene was like, oh, I see you. I raise you. I feel like the English scene's been crab walking sideways. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's moving, but not actually going forward yeah. in a weird way. It's uh, it's doing something. Yeah, it's doing like the river dance. I'm like, well, you are tapping the feet, but I don't really see you doing anything more than that. So what's going on with Canto? Because so- Canto previously took longer to get going because I think the audiences were less... Yeah. A little bit they, more... They, they're still a bit conservative. A little bit, and, a bit less cavalier than the, yeah. the, the whiteies. A little bit extra mask is going to be on my face, everything covered as much as possible. So we're actually going to have three shows. Right after this, I go back, pack up, and we go head on down. To wow. Set up the room. Yeah, so where are you doing it? We're doing it in Wanchai, this place called 7 Mallory Street, where we had a laugh festival a couple of years ago. It's a good room. Yeah, it's a nice, cozy room. And uh, so the problem now is that, you know, with the whole regulation, you can only fill half the room so we've got i think we get, we're only allowed to see maybe 28 people maximum we've got the bigger room today hey it's yeah. something it's, it's something yeah yeah so we have a show 3 30 5 30 and 8 o'clock we're doing a cantonese improv Busy show boy. dude yeah. you're gonna be dead oh i guarantee by eight o'clock <laughs> i told the guys i'm like i'm not moving anything today yeah i, I told them like that's why normally i'm part of the moving crew in the beginning in the mornings yeah today i'm hanging out with you here talking because they're doing the work, and I'm that's like, guys, you, I can't do it that's anymore. When you know you're the big guns. Oh yeah, that's right. When everyone's like, okay, we got to meet at twelve or that, I'm like, I will arrive there at one. Yeah, uh, and I had another little incident happen to me. Uh, I got to eat some humble pie because I was bragging about all my luxury experiences in private hospitals. But now that I'm unemployed, <laughs> uh, I got no insurance, so I uh, I, sl- I sliced my knee open on a construction site, as one does. And I uh, ended up in the public hospital. You, you, you were very helpful, um, <laughs> Queen Mary. I mean, they know how to help people. Yeah. I, I mean, give them that. The they don't charge you much. Yeah, they won't charge you much. I mean, like I said, it's do you want your time or do you want your money? It's but so then- funny. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. I was like doing the maths. I was like, all right, it's going to cost me this much to go to the other hospital. Would I do a gig? Yeah. If... It took this much time. It got yeah. that much money. You bet your sweet ass I'd do that gig. Yeah, so, there you go. Yeah. So, so I just performed out. to the people in the ER. Exactly, the without any laughter. So I it's got all a weird. few chuckles. Well, I mean, I'm sure you got some material, some ideas, or at least an experience you can yeah, share with I got, your grandkids. I got to, yeah, it was... 
That is a zoo, the ER room. Oh, let me tell you. Uh, so, so the ER room, you have some days where you go in there and they put up a bam, a big sign that says waiting time is minimum three hours. So that's when there's like a big car crash or something? Car crash or the doctor's in a bad mood, stuff like that. Really? Yeah, when they're like, ah, it's Saturday, you know, I want to go out for drinks tonight, so I'm not, I'm not going to speed up, whatever, I'm going to be done with this and walk away when my shift ends, stuff like that. Brutal. Yeah, so you have, I remember very significantly, whenever we've had to go to the ER, my first thought is, all right, books, stuff to keep me occupied. I'm not thinking like, okay, how can I take care of myself, you know, food and everything, I'm like, just get make sure I can kill three hours easy. Yeah. If I'd been able to take stuff with me, it would have been a very different experience. But, man, the people coming in, there was like... They had a guy yeah. who was like shackled, hands <laughs> tied to his feet, and like five officers around him. Yeah, and, like this is the difference between like the West and Hong Kong. <laughs> is like in the West, I was I'd be looking at me like, oh no, this guy, I gotta, I can't, don't look at Get him. Get away from him. He might have. Who who knows who he just yeah, killed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Hong Kong, I'm like, yeah, he's probably just probably just loves his city. Yeah, he's fighting <laughs> for what he believes in. Probably and did another tripped. Yeah. Got his ankle twisted. He's like, ah, the that, cops are like, we gotcha. Yeah. He's like, but my ankle hurts. They're like, well, we still got you. Put a thermometer in your butt before we take you to Shenzhen. That's the first thing, right? <laughs> That's like how they tag you. <laughs> put it in there. And there was another dude. I mean, I don't want to make light of it, but there was an Indian guy who his family looked really normal. I think he was just having like a full-blown mental breakdown. But when they were, st- I had to get five stitches in my knee. Yeah. And this nurse, right? She was just a pro. Like, I don't know how many stitches she's put in people, but yeah. it's in the millions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it was just nothing for her. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm, now, I'm there like, am I going to live? And she's yeah. like, this is tiny. Yeah, this you know, is nothing. For her. Yeah. I was like, I don't, I don't want to see what you think big is, because yeah. it wasn't small. Yeah. I had five stitches in a deep cut, but the, um, she, as she's stitching, this guy's in the next room yeah. having, like, a screaming mental breakdown. No. And she didn't even flinch. Yeah. Like nothing. <laughs> She's just like stitching, stitching. Yeah. Got a stitch. Yeah. I, I think it's one of those she office mentality. She could have mentality. stitched while she was being shot at. I'm 100% yeah. sure yeah. of pew, it. Pew, pew, pew. She's like, uh, da, 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 She's that's like, number four. Yeah. <laughs> Two hours wait. <laughs> yeah. I think that that's like the office mentality here in Hong Kong. is like, just fo- focus on your work. Yeah. Don't try to help <laughs> anyone. You're going to get in trouble if you do, and you're going to have to do the job for them. <laughs> I didn't hear nothing. I, I don't see nothing. I don't say nothing. That's amazing. I feel bad because she was a saint. I feel bad saying that she'd done anything <laughs> yeah. wrong, but... <laughs> yeah, that seems like 100% right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I th- I'm pretty... And, and to be very honest with you, if you've been a w- in a ward in Hong Kong as well, like the government hospital wards, you will realize that at, after a certain time, like in, when you first walk in, right, and you go lie down, you're like, oh, this guy next door is... Uh, the, uh, the next bed is screaming. This guy will stay awake. You know, this guy won't sleep, stuff like that. By the third day, you're like, ignore him. It's fine. The yeah. guy says the same stuff. He's repeating his bits all the time. Yeah. Save me. He's just getting ready for open mic. Yeah, he's just doing that stuff. I'm like, this guy is clearly he's speaking what he's thinking, but he's thinking the same stuff. So after a while, you're like, ah, I don't care. You know, it's just noise to me now. Yeah. You, you got to survive somehow. I mean, I always said that about like living in Shanghai. Yeah. Is people just have this like tunnel vision when they walk around. Yeah. And as an outsider, you, you, when you see the co- negative consequences, that like they'll walk into you or they'll block a bunch of people. Yeah. It's, you're like, how could you be so selfish? Yeah. But then you realize well, that's the only way they can Get handle through. being in a crowd of a million people all the time. Yeah, I think, I think in its own way, even Hong Kong, you'll get guys like... There's just, a reason to it. Yeah, I mean, after a while, they've just like lived in their own world. They're like, look, I, I, there are 7 million people in a city that's this compact. I, I only see me. That's all I see. Yeah, and I also think that 
you know, I, I always say this about driving, but I think it's true of like just being in public places is in, in the West, we have this heightened sense of, uh, our, you know, our, space. Yeah. But also like our right to our space. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah you yeah. know, and, and we can do that because there's enough space. Yeah. And, and you know, if, if you're driving, like the idea is so crazy to me after living here for 11 years thinking that this would be an issue is like if you cut if you drive into someone's lane yeah in front of them yeah they'll stop at the lights and beat the crap out of you <laughs> which is that's the thing is like here they'll let you cut in they, they, they won't react well, it's like they'll beep you a bit be like you know i acknowledge your stupidity well, it's but like, I where's, got the stuff com- to do. where's the compromise point like like in the west the compromise point is we're all going to agree that we have our own space yeah but if you break that rule yeah then they just this like barbaric behavior yeah, issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas here, they're like, we're not going to respect your space at all. Yeah. Don't. But if you don't respect my space, that's okay. Yeah. Exactly. No problem. Yeah. Like, just cut, cut, cut the stuff. Don't waste time with the whole like. I got to deal with the car. We think I'm going to beat you up. You cut me off. Yeah, I'm in a rush. I got to go. That's the good thing about being in a rush and having no space. You're like, I look. I got stuff to do. Yeah. Again, there's a guy losing his mind. I'll push a grandma over. Right. Exactly. I got to get to work. Bringing us back to why that nurse could stitch you so well is that she's in her own little world. The guy's losing his mind over there. She's like, look, I don't have time for that stuff. Right, he's probably cut someone else's lane or something irrelevant to me because we don't have personal space. It's useless. He won't touch me. I don't care. Yeah, I'm like. Obviously, I don't want to do it to me, but I'd be fascinated, like, the extreme conditions under which this lady could still stitch people up. Yeah. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> like, just like a rock, a bus yeah. that's... You should be glad she wasn't talking to someone else while she was doing I, You know what? I asked her to put her phone down. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, one hand is okay. You're like, I'd like it if the other I'm hand like, was ready. I'm like, can we do two? Can we do two? Yeah, just, yeah. Just, for, I, yeah. just for at least four of the five stitches. Yeah, let, let's not do a bar trick with the cherry stem, okay? Let's not do that with the stitching today. No, yeah. even when they take blood, I've had like, like I said, the blood taking is one of the most fascinating experiences because like you've got like four hundred people at a time lining up to take their blood, right? And you have the the the, the, the basically the station for blood taking. Okay, so the whole hospital. This is giving blood. Uh, based for sample, uh, for testing. All right, not yeah. like people donate. Yeah, not not right. donate. Donating is much nicer. That like, okay, sit back, relax, have some orange juice. Stuff they're like, like, thank you. Yeah, here they're <laughs> like they just take your blood and they give you a little cotton, not even the cotton, with a little pad, and like I go ahead. Yeah. They don't even tell you anything. They're like, oh, you just have to walk outside and sit alone and just wait until you heal yourself. Yeah, that's brutal. Yeah, I mean. But speaking of space, though, there's one space that no matter where you are, Western country or Eastern country, you have the same amount, and that's inner space. What? Oh, my God. <laughs> You're blowing my mind right now. It's like, where is he going with this? I want to talk about... In Hong Kong, you don't even have inner space, let's yeah, be you honest. Don't. Yeah, it's just all congested. You're like, ah, oh, like, my guilt. Why is my guilt so close to my anxiety? That's like yeah. a Hong Kong apartment in your head. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's why everyone's so skinny. We don't have that space for fat. I love that. You didn't do that as a bit. That's funny. <laughs> I, I just think that I, I, here's what I my starting point to this idea of comedians and spirituality yeah. is first of all there's this idea that comedians are all broken yeah which is not true I put it this way in in the words of that sounds like Deepak Chopra everyone's broken but I no that's I agree with you yeah that's the thing is it's like I I think the difference is that comedians are more likely to tell you all the broken, things they're right. thinking yeah. than a person in an office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like the people around the, the you know, the average person on the, the metro yeah. doesn't have a forum where they're telling 
everyone in the room yeah. the most perverted things they've thought of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think... Because they don't... But it's just they don't have that... Platform, that, yeah. Yeah, it's not part of what they do. Yeah. Are they less broken? Yeah. No chance. No way. I mean, I put it this way. I was talking to someone the other day. I said, it's kind of like this. It's like two people live in their own houses. One person's house has a mirror. The other person's house doesn't. Now... A person without the mirror thinks they're fit because they never have an idea what they look like. Whereas the guy with the mirror all day is thinking, like, oh my God, I'm terrible, I'm, I'm unfit, and look at my body shape and everything. So comedians are the ones with the mirrors, and we're const- constantly looking at it and thinking, like, oh my God, this, I need to do something, uh, you know, and we vent, we try to deal with it. Whereas other people, you, your, your body shape is just as bad as us. But like you said, no <laughs> platform. Yeah. Right? What we're really getting at is you're also a fucking man. Yeah, exactly. Just that we do it and we talk about it. Now, we that's not it. to say that some comedians aren't broken because clearly yeah. a lot of them are. Oh, trust me. Yeah. Uh, and very broken. Yeah. And I've also found that, you know, to be a good comedian generally, you need to have something together in, yeah. together in your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas the really really messy stuff you see is at the bottom of the pile with open mics. Yeah. And open mics, you know, going back to the point of like them not having a platform to speak their craziness is like the open mic, which is an open platform to everyone, is it really attractive to people who are super broken yeah. and have no other and need a, are looking for a platform like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like normal that you see at an open mic someone who's like m- genuinely mentally unwell. Yeah, come in and but that's just the guy on the the you know MTR that's figured out that this is the place he could tell people about his uh, what he does to poodles on weekends. <laughs> exactly. And the good thing is because it's open mic, everyone's in the in the mood of like, oh, it's a joke. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't really do that to Oh, cats. I'm sure it's a bad punchline. That's all it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but I, I'll put it this way is that uh, any creative outlet actually requires you to a certain extent have that ability to self-reflect. And through self-reflection, you kind of start thinking of the whole like spirituality thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, spirituality is a is a is a messy word. Yeah, because it gets a little bit religious, a little bit you know soul searching, and it's too, yeah, too suddenly new age. We're, you know? Suddenly we're using crystals and yeah, I mean like as deodorant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, whereas like it's on a fundamental level, it's really the practice of you know self observation, yeah. which is you know the beginning of stand up comedy in, in 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 many ways. Correct. Um, dude, on that point about yeah. like. Not thinking that it's thinking that it's just a joke. Yeah, we had a guy in uh, Shanghai who was caught stealing and sent to prison for a really long time, and everyone's like, "I never saw it coming." And then, like maybe a month later, someone was like, "You know, we had all those jokes about stealing." <laughs> <laughs> And I literally didn't yeah. put it together. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, those were jokes. Yeah, yeah. He's like, this guy's been telling us he's a thief. Yeah, yeah, all along. Every, like, several times a week yeah. for ages. And Man, yeah. and that tells you why we stay broken is that we think people are listening, but they're not. <laughs> yeah. right? Here we are opening our souls to the audience, trying to let them know we're struggling. And they're like, ah, But it's also steal. so funny when you think about, like, you know, when there's, like, someone, like, there's a terrorist attack and the next door neighbor's like, you know, he was he was quiet. You know, yeah. he was a nice person. I never saw it coming. You know, yeah. like we were saying that, and we're like, "There's video footage of him telling us." Yeah, <laughs> that's always the case, right? Like I never saw it coming. Yeah. I didn't think it's just that the he... way he says it or something. You're kind of like, "Oh, okay, I we're see." We're laughing going. at the end of it. You don't think yeah, that's why. Criminals. And that's why you get all the crazy people at like the open mic nights because then you have them say stuff, and you're like, "Oh, that was pretty funny." And then it only takes a while after you're like, "Something's not right." But well, yeah. if you do something on the, in the normal world, that makes you go, I see why this guy's doing that on stage now. Yeah. He is a creep. Yeah. But I also think that that you, 
I do think that comedians on average are, are like, like, like to me, being funny is so independent of any other characteristic. Yeah. Like I've seen funny housewives, yeah. stand up, you know, I've seen funny people that are businessmen, bankers, yeah. absolute homeless people. Yeah. yeah, yeah you know, yeah. it just, for whatever reason, just the ability to be funny, it, it has no connection to your, your external. Yeah. I mean, like, you literally could be a completely different person on that stage because the way you're sharing it. I think comedy, like, uh, I think Tom Carter talked to me about the vulnerability factor, that you have to be able to be vulnerable on stage and talk from, like, the genuine place where you're shaking. And the audience feels that. And they go, like, oh, that's pretty funny now that you've admitted that that's what you're thinking. And then they can relate because not, they're not the one saying it. Yeah, that's not the first thing I think when I think about Tom Carter's act. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> He's just straight one-liners, yeah. bam, bam, bam. And he's, he's like, you've got to be vulnerable. So, knock, knock. You know? Yeah, exactly. He's, right he's, he's, he's a great comic. I just didn't... Yeah, vulnerability is not the first thing that comes into my mind when I think about his act. Because his act is more... He's confident. He's like way ahead of the audience. Super hyper-confident, yeah, right? Yeah, you know, and you're thinking, this guy's like one step ahead of me and I'm trying to chase up to his, his next punchline. And yeah. here he's talking to you like, be vulnerable. Let them let them know that you're shaking. It's like, okay, you don't seem to be doing that. I also think that there's, like, it's hard to be too prescriptive about what stand-up comedy is. Yeah. Because you always immediately think of, like, the exceptions to the rule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But certainly a lot of people channel, like, their the things that are emotional for them into humor. And, and I think rather than that being the source of humor, I think... Yeah. I look at it a different way. It's like, you know, Ali Wong said she won't write a joke about something unless it makes her angry. Okay, yeah. And I think that comedians can write jokes about anything, but when they write jokes about topics that are emotionally charged for themselves, that people are more likely to connect to that material and they'll get the biggest reaction and then suddenly the comedian knows that and they end up just writing more in that direction. And so, like, emotional disruption can be, you know can be it isn't yeah. necessarily but can be a huge source of you know material and an act yeah. and all of that I mean, like comedy equals tragedy plus time right and usually with tragedy that's the moment you kind of rethink your life or you know you're trying to rethink the situation what am i doing with myself stuff like that and ultimately like that's the difference when you have the comedian writing the joke because he or she is writing it from where they want to come from versus writing for the audience versus sure. writing it for corporate or private events but I also think that there's an element of all of it in there. Yeah. And I say that because the jokes that you really want to do yeah. generally don't work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so to some extent, you, you do have to do what the audience wants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you you but it's a balancing it act yeah. of like, am I, what am I, I'm bal- am I like primarily doing yeah. this for them or am I finding out what of the stuff that I want to do can work? Yeah. In yeah, front yeah. of people. So I think like that's the thing with the whole spirituality thing is that sometimes you have those moments on stage where let's say, you know, you're doing something, your act is good and everything, then you kind of get off stage. You're like, well, you know, did that satisfy me? Is it more about, you know, enjoying it on stage? Is it about the money? I mean, look, as, as a comedian who, yes, luckily gets booked for a lot of corporate gigs and stuff like that, after a while, like I remember one time a couple of years ago, I was doing like corporate gigs. It was really busy in November and I'd, I'd have like gigs maybe two gigs a week. And it was Damn, awesome, right? That was pretty badass, been. right? That was I was like, wow, this is this is the dream come true, that right? That is a good run. But by the end of that month, I was like, dead on I? the inside. Yeah, I was completely dead because yeah. like every time I'd go there, you get these guys laughing at the lamest punchlines, you know, and I'm doing the same corporate set, and I'm like, this is old stuff, and this is like not what I want to be talking about right now, but I have to because it's not like you guys want to hear me open up my life and everything. 
you know. So it's kind of like, for example, I might have problems that I've been trying to work work around. I want to joke about, but a corporate environment, they don't want to hear about me going to the hospital, right? <laughs> right? They want to hear about like, hey, so the other day, you know, I'm in the lift, right? You know, stuff like that. So you here know how PowerPoint presentations are. Uh, yeah, yeah, you, you know, you get, but that's the work, you know. Yeah, I know, and and the worst is like sometimes you do that same bit over and over again, and like I'm like I just don't want to open with that. <laughs> yeah. bit. I, just don't, I, I need another bit. Dude, I have that. Yeah, right. I got some bits where I'm just like, if I start doing it, the more they laugh, the more yeah. I hate myself. Yeah, I'm like, ah, oh, we're know, still doing this. Colin Quinn had it said in that movie, the comedian, you know, Seinfeld's movie. Yeah, Colin yeah, yeah. Quinn was saying, you know, you're doing well when you're killing. And inside, you're just like, ugh, these people are idiots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, Then you're, you're, that's you're doing you're well like, that's what you're, yeah, you know, financially you're, or business-wise, at No, least. he meant like, you know, like you're, you're, oh, you're, you're on stage, you're doing okay, well. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, like I see, your, I see. your comedy chops are... Uh-huh. Ah. Okay, yeah, I mean, like, there are times... Like, I'll, I'll put it this way, is that very rarely would I feel that at a comedy club, but I would definitely feel that a lot of times at private events. Not necessarily corporate, but just private events. Because what you will find is that the private events, sometimes you always have the one uncle who's like, you know, that, that the guy who's like always the funny guy in the family. Yeah. You know, and you get like, I, I just remember, and everyone's like, oh, pointing at that guy. Oh, I made fun of him. I'm like, oh. But the people are like, all right, we're going to book a comedian. We'd like you to make jokes about this person. It's like, you're paying me for four hours. Yeah. If I'm going to write jokes about this person, I'm going to need to add 20 hours because yeah. that's how long it takes. Yeah, exactly. If you want good material. Yeah. And it's hard to explain. That's why... Like, 20, it's not even 20 hours. Like It's way more. Depending on the person as well. Some people yeah. are just so boring. You're like, this is... Mm, this is not yeah. happening. It'll take twenty lifetimes. Can I make fun of the wall? It's, this <laughs> wall has more personality. Exactly. Than, Look than at your that paint. Funny uncle. Yeah. Right. You get that. But coming back to the whole spirituality thing, I mean, I'm sure you've had moments where during your whole comedy career, where you've had those moments where you're kind of lost. Every day, buddy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but the ones where you're like really lost, like you're like, oh my god, I really don't know what the hell I'm doing. Is this what I want? Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Well, you know, like. I don't think that's just spirituality. I think that also that's a function of we have a structureless industry in many ways. Yeah. Like if you're a, a lawyer, like I can tell you, I can I can today find out where you should be after a year, after three years, after yeah. five years, make partner, you know, whatever. But like stand up, you know, yeah, you can get in a club, you get in a special, but... They're pretty loose indicators. Yeah, you have no idea, right? Yeah. There's no proper milestone. Oh, I achieved this. I'm, I, I've got that award. I've You've got, got to find it yourself. You've got to find the structure and then achieve it. Yeah. Sometimes you find the structure and you can't achieve it. You know. Yeah. I mean, it's that's beyond you. It's not a, possible or whatever. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing, like you said, is that there's no fixed goal, right? So it's yeah. a really weird thing where how do you motivate yourself? How do you stay disciplined? So that comes back to something I always like to do is that I kind of compare where I was this time last year versus where I am now. That's good. That's kind of my way to gauge am I improving. But then at the same time, you also get to a point of the diminishing marginal returns where like I'm trying to push more. I'm like, do I still need to push that hard anymore? Or is it time to maybe change the game and go a completely different route? So like, like you said, it's a lot of um, self-reflection because there's no fixed road. There's no like million-dollar roundtable committee group that you kind of look up to and say, oh, one day I want to do that. I mean, yeah, you might say Netflix specials. You have specials. peers and stuff. Yeah, you and, have that. I mean, but it's also a moving target. It's like... Netflix specials are big now, but by the time we can get them, yeah. are they going to be big? I or? mean, let's be very honest. I mean, if you got a Netflix special right now, it's not going to be as big a deal as an HBO special maybe in the 80s and oh, 90s. Oh, no way. No yeah. way. No That's what way. I mean. So to tell someone you have a Netflix special, they're like, well, good, but so? I know plenty of people with Netflix specials. 
it wasn't that much money and it didn't really do much for him. Exactly. You know? yeah. I mean, I'll put it this way. Tom Carter was on AGT. He came second place. And oh, he came second? He came second. I man. knew he was on it. I didn't realize he, he goes, came second, dude. America's like, Got Talent. Yeah, America's Got Talent. And so I remember for the first year, there's a contract with, I think it's NBC or something, and then they take you around and everything. But, because he didn't win, but he still gets to be very busy with them. But a year later, back to normal. Back to where you were. You know, I, it's interesting. Two things I would tie into this. Like, first of all, it's interesting you mentioned discipline. Because once you... Because discipline is such a necessary aspect of doing well in stand-up... That immediately makes the pool of people you're looking yeah. back at not as messy as people might like to think they are. Like, if this guy gets up on stage and he's crazy and wild stories, it's like, you don't realize how disciplined he is to be there. Yeah, to get there, yeah. And be doing that well. Yeah. That already sets him into a category of people that isn't probably what he seems. Yeah. He or she. Um, and then... Yeah, because... Because like guys like, let's say, Bill Bailey, Billy Connolly, and stuff like that, like on stage, they're high energy, they're talking about losing their mind, but actually behind it is like a proper system yeah. that they put together. Oh, 100%. You know, like I remember watching Bill Bailey do his bits with the uh, the horns, the bicycle horns, and he has this whole song that he does. There's like a technical aspect to just learning how to do all of that. Yeah, like, that one and com- combining it into an actual performance. I'm like, wow, this phenomenal. is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. like when you watch him perform one time, you're like, oh, this is chaotic. But you go to the same show the next night and you go like, that's identical. He lost his mind at the identical spot. I remember watching at Melbourne. Oh, Comedy that Festival. was like uh, uh, Dane Cook used to cry and they're like, yeah, you're crying every night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and boom, right? I was like Sam Simmons. I remember in Australia, like he's one of these really wacky comedians that you. It's like Durian. You either like it or you don't. And I remember watching him the first time. I'm like, this guy's losing his mind on stage. What are you doing? Is he throwing stuff around? Then I watched it the next night because I wanted to compare. I'm like, he's literally throwing the exact same box, tripping over the exact same thing, spilling just the right oh, amount. Oh, so he was doing it. like a Kaufman thing, like yeah, 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 like an like Kaufman the show's thing. not going well, kind of. There's a yeah, because Sam Simmons does a lot of like he's losing his mind kind of things. Really. So I was watching my like, whoa, and even Wally Collins, he used to have these bits where he would like say some stuff and kind of like hold his laughter, and I would be like, okay, the whole laughter thing, I get it. He's trying to pretend you you can't hold your. Uh, then I watched the next time, like, he holds his laughter at the exact same spots. Like, he would know the whole, like, so, oh, man, you know? I'm like, wow, that's identical to yesterday. There's a musical element to it. Yeah, exactly. No doubt. Yeah, and also I think you've done it so many times that it's the, the holding laughter becomes part of the act. So I think the whole discipline is that the more chaotic a comedian on stage very often actually requires a lot more systematic Yeah, I believe approach. that. Yeah, I mean, Louis is a good example. Is yeah. like, he, he just looked like he was barely keeping himself together, and yet... He's one of the most disciplined. Yeah. Or was, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, not to comment on his other stuff, but 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 in terms of the technical aspects of being a stand-up, is he was he's profoundly disciplined compared to most acts. Correct. And the other thing is, like, people say oh, all comedians are depressed, uh, and it's kind of the same thing, you yeah. know. But I will say this is interesting. I remember Robert Kelly and uh, you know Gary Goldman. Who had a special called The Great Depression? Have you seen it? I'm not. It seen is it. awesome. Okay. So he had severe depression, right? And uh, he wrote a special about overcoming it, and it's one of the best specials that's ever been made. I mean, you know Gary Goldman, right? Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. super funny. Um, and I mean, he's an example of a comedian who's got depression. But it was interesting. He was having a conversation with Robert Kelly where they were like. There's this fear for comedians that are depressed that if they fix themselves, they'll stop being funny. Yeah. So that's actually one thing I had before where I have this fear of drinking 
or doing any sort of let's say like basically people say have a drink before your show or stuff like that oh dude i'm the same i don't want to drink i don't want to be out of it yeah yeah not just that i'm more worried that i'll be funnier with a drink in me interesting so that's always been my rule because i always i've got to make you drink before a show and i go on stage like yeah you don't need to drink no i you know it takes my edge away Okay, okay. I, I, for me, my whole life, actually, I've always had this thing. See, the reason why I don't even smoke is because I don't want to d- have to suddenly depend on the cigarette to be good at what I'm doing. You got the same with drinking. So I'm not a big drinker because of that. I'm like, what if Dude, I'm better? Dude, that's so funny. You're like, the reason I don't smoke, cancer? No. Yeah. It's because I want I, don't want I want to be funnier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want improvement <laughs> with this. The so bypass. Like, it, was like, it was like, if you figured out that... That it would make you yeah. funnier. You're like, yeah. bring on the cancer, dude. I want to be funny. Oh, yeah, for <laughs> one. But the thing is, I'm so selfish. I have to, like, if I'm funny, I'm like, it's all me. It's all me. Yeah, but I, I think that's the right strategy because the alternative, which I've seen so much of, is people use crutches to get better. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. crutches are, like, in a running race, jumping onto the ground yeah. and like might physically put you ahead for a moment yeah but then suddenly you're on the ground yeah you know, exactly. everybody else is still standing yeah, yeah yeah um i mean so it depends on each person like for example some comedians like before they get on stage they have to take a moment to kind of you know settle in their heads get centered yeah get sounds it. a little spiritual to mm-hmm, me the little um just give it um yeah so basically for myself very rarely would i need to be like left alone like hey i don't, don't talk to me but i will need maybe like 30 seconds just to kind of like get in my head get in the headspace of like okay i'm gonna go on stage now and one thing i do like to do is that i kind of psych myself before i go on stage and i tell myself i deserve to be funny that's kind of been my thing that i always do before i go on stage i like that yeah so it's one of these things that i crafted over the years of reading self-help books of like self-affirmations and stuff like that but i was like i don't want to say i am funny or this like that where I'm like I'm telling myself oh yeah I'm funny I'm like I deserve to be funny is one of these things where I'm like I put in the hard work I prepared I've done what I need to do I've done my discipline I've done my I paid my dues I deserve to be funny now and so that kind of gives me that confidence of like okay well in that case well I guess I have to be funny now because I deserve it I love that I would also like to see you bomb a show and start screaming at the audience yeah. that you deserve to be funny. Yeah, yeah. I deserve <laughs> to be funny, people. I deserve to be funny. Exactly. Look at this hard drive. This is all comedy. So one thing I've noticed, though, over the years of bringing out, you know, professional comedians predominantly from the US, is that a lot of them meditate. Yeah. You know? A lot of them meditate. A lot of them focus on kind of self-help stuff. Yeah. Some of them are very religious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, you know... Uh, to varying degrees, but Gaffigan's quite religious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Nate Bargatze, quite religious. Oh, okay. Um, and then others that don't talk about it so much in their act. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you one, a funny I thing mean, is Nate, that. Nate, Nate doesn't at all. But, yeah. Um, and Turner's religious, you know. Okay, okay, okay. I mean, for myself, I, I'm not religious, but I will do the whole meditation thing like i'm very big on that sure and and they're, no, they're, it's like a venn diagram right yeah. like religious isn't spirituality but there's but Elements together they it, can yeah. be yeah correct correct yeah yeah i mean i'll tell you a funny story that i was actually in the hospital ward uh and i was sitting there looking out the window but seated and you know like how a lot of muslims before they pray they have to seat in that certain position called vrajasana which is where you in the hero's pose in yoga or the one where basically, like, you know, you're on your uh, shins on the floor. Yeah. And your butt. Prostate. Your butt's on, whatever, yeah. Prostrate. 
Is that what it's called? Prostrate. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. I landed on totally the wrong word there. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, there, like, you know, on the ground with their finger in their butt. Yeah, like, like, like okay, prostrate. I think yeah, is the word. I'm like looking for lumps. It's, I'm probably wrong about. It. Someone's yeah, probably yeah. listening. And like, so no. It's, it's funny because like I was sitting there like that because two reasons. Number one, it's supposed to be good for digestion. Number one, right? Number two is like I'm stretching my shins. I'm looking out the window. The doctor was doing his rounds. He did the guy next to me and looked at me. He was waiting, and I was like, Why is the doctor not? Did the doctor leave? I'm like, I turned around. The doctor's like, oh, I, I'm sorry. I thought you were busy. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not Muslim. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I'm just stretching. Yeah. I don't think I'm like, well, you think I'm going to be like, wouldn't I need like a carpet or something? And would I really, that's not even north, but okay, whatever. You know? So uh, the, the whole thing I like to do is before shows is that I would like to stretch or, you know, sit in one of these positions or kind of like just stretch my body where I'm distracted from the show because I'm in so much pain from stretching. Yeah. Yeah. It's like before I do corporate gigs where I'm emceeing I'll stick my own cue cards and the reason I do that is not because I don't want to pay for an assistant okay one of the reasons but the other one is that for those 10 minutes of sticking cue cards my brain is just shut off yeah I, I like that you know I, I hate to try to put words to my thoughts because I, I feel like as soon as you start to put words to it it makes it sound a bit more kooky than it really is you know yeah. like spiritual when in in reality it's more just like like, uh, for lack of better words, you know? Yeah. But, like, there's an energy in rooms, you know? Like, a room has got a good energy. You can walk into a room, you're like, this show's going to go well. Yeah. These people are in a good mood. The energy's rocking in here. Yeah. And and I always try to connect with the energy of the room, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't want to... It's hard I, to explain. I went through a phase of of going straight from outside on stage. Oh. And I realized that you don't know where the room's at. You don't yeah. know what their energy is. And, and then you come in with a different energy and it can be pretty jarring for everybody. Yeah. And so I, I like to get in the room and just kind of sit in it a bit. Yeah. Um, Same here. I, I like to be in the room. Yeah. Like even for private events and stuff, I ask them. And like, you're trying to connect with the moment. Yeah. So yeah. that you can pick it up and then be in control of it. Yeah, yeah. You're trying to feel it. Like you said, the, so the energy element is one of these other things that, again, with spirituality, is a lot of the world's all energy and stuff like that, right? Yeah, but it's like, I just don't know how to describe it in a different way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think but what I'm saying is real experience and it's real content that I can connect with to do a better job yeah. and achieve what I'm trying to do better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that, that comes boils down to anyone who has to deal with people in general. Like the whole energy factor actually works with anything, presentations yeah. or even like HR or, or interviews, stuff like that. Yeah, you know, people, I, I always see a, comedians are professional people readers. Yeah. You ever hear that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's so true. Yeah, Like correct. when there's something about being on stage regularly in front of lots of people and trying to figure them all out. Like when you're one on one, it's like, yeah. oh, this is easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can pull you apart because you can fast. easily see the response. You're like, okay, I see what's you're going on. You're just reading, yeah. you know. You're, you're catching the, the little nods. Are they standoffish? Are they, you know, yeah, yeah, welcoming? The words they respond with, like, I mean, real simple thing I tell people is that the whole spirituality thing is that we put that aside. It's more like we are just simply every single moment trying to observe what's around us, the energy in the room, the people, the response, the 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 whole world, because like, the observation skills are really important for comedians. So it's not really that we're more spiritual. It's just that we're noticing more of the world inside and outside. Yeah. Right? Because that's part of the job. And I think that's true of any creative pursuit. Yeah. It's not limited to comedians. It's like if anybody that's creative is facing a, a, a the challenge of self-reflection. Yes. Yeah. You know, especially when you're cr- like 
you, it might look like a comedian is creating when they're on stage. Yeah. Quite often they're not. Yeah, it's kind of ready-made, you know, but... Quite often they're going through the motions. Yeah. That's not to say you can't create on stage. Yeah. But the more creative time is usually when you're writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, what I imagine, you know, the, 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 the challenge of a blank page, you know, what writers yeah. face and stuff like yeah. that. And that and starts to get into the world of spirituality because you start to think, like, what is it that, that I've experienced? Like, what is it that I need to put into the world? How do these things all connect? Who am I? Is yeah. there a God? Should yeah. I, am I going to get 42 virgins after I bomb the show? 72, okay, yeah. 72? Yeah. I got to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to upgrade that. Oh, when they talked about it, I'm like, let me write that down. 72? That's important to know. <laughs> not in this city. Yeah, not in this city, man. Yeah, not <laughs> happening, man. And it'll be a crammed little room. I'm like, ah, I wish it was only 42. I don't have space for 72 of you guys. Uh, I can't take it. <laughs> I only it's have a 300 great. square foot apartment. Hong Kong heaven. It's two virgins. Yeah, and, that's good uh, enough. I'm like, like they're standing. You, you could you stick to the wall, please? <laughs> so I have some space Can to move. Can we just put some Velcro on the roof? Yeah. Just put it in like a Velcro then suit. Just stick there for a while. <laughs> You'll peel off when the time is right. Oh my God. That's <laughs> Gravity will do his job. I, when I, when I give shake. Give me that broom. I need to shake off one of these virgins. <laughs> I'm feeling uh, self reflective. Exactly. Oh, and speaking of self reflective, uh, don't look in the mirror. Thank you. You know, but uh, no, okay, so speak. So, this is the thing I talk about. So, spirituality, put aside the whole meditation and everything, right? Have you found that when you are like doing regular, like, how often do you meditate? Twice a day. So, damn, twice a day. I mean, I try to. It's not like I'll get it every time. Damn, when you said twice, my brain's like, okay, we, that makes sense. A day. I'm like, whoa, that's well, good. How, how often do you do it? I mean, like once a day, man. Yeah, twice is good, dude. Yeah, I can imagine. Like, what, morning and night? Yeah, well, like, even, uh, afternoon. Oh, okay, okay, okay. It's, kinda, wow. it's harder to slot in the light one, yeah, you know, yeah, but, yeah. but you get it in. Yeah. Just filling up the tank a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably a bad analogy, but you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, hey, whatever it takes, man. Metaphor. Yeah. Okay, um, okay, that's good. So, I mean, the thing, have you noticed that, let's say you break the meditation, have you had, like, periods when, like, say, a whole week you haven't done it? No. Okay, so you, you, yeah, you've been pretty constant. I mean, for I'll, myself, do, I'll have a week where I do it badly. Oh, yeah, yeah, you can tell. You can sense where you're like getting distracted too easily or it's just like not the same effect, right? I think that there is, you know, you can go through a session and have peaks and troughs yeah. in your focus. I think there's a longer cycle that we go through. Yeah. Like a weeks or months long cycle where you're less present. Yeah. And, and if I look back over my life, I think of the times when... You know, I was partying more uh, or getting less done. I was like, yeah. I was probably more distract. I was like, you know, your brain's like, I guess a trough of, yeah. of uh, focus. Yeah. And and I honestly like meditation's kind of, I think, allowed me to lift the trough a lot, even yeah, yeah, on yeah. like a longer cycle. Yeah, because you have more control. Right? Yeah. Well, you 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 can see it, and and seeing it starts to undo it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to. That's not to it. say that noticing you're distracted will stop you from being distracted. Yeah, but it will change how low the trough of distraction it's becomes. It's just like saying if you notice you're bombing on stage, it doesn't mean you're going to stop bombing. <laughs> yeah, but at least but maybe you, you can, can try maybe, to switch it up a little bit. Yeah, maybe leave early. <laughs> yeah, right? maybe, maybe just stop bring that the next topic. comic up. Exactly. Maybe right. stop talking about rape for five minutes. I mean, you like know? if you're gonna like like I said, it, it, if you notice that certain interaction you did with the audience, like maybe commenting on someone's boobs and saying they're not big enough for Hooters and stuff, is not working. I'm not imagining <laughs> which comic you're talking about. If I can call him a comic right now, <laughs> I'm just saying. If you notice. 
that that's not the best thing. You know, you might want to stop it. Well, you can strategize. You yeah. Know? And I, and I oh, think yeah, that you could you could own the place. That'll work. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, Vivek, that's what I'm always prized about you is your your your, your patented subtlety. Uh, <laughs> it's all meditation, baby. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, some people have awareness. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some people don't. Uh, but I think that you know, I here's a a, a thing that I'm working on. I guess yeah. is that. When you realize you're distracted, there's a tendency to give up. Yeah. And actually, when I the reason I talk about this trough, uh, you know, metaphor. Yeah. Uh, is that it allows me to, if you can lift the bottom. Yeah. It's like if you're fit, right? Yeah. And you're going to the gym all the time. You know, you have those days where you can't lift as much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like those can be the days where you make a difference. Yeah. It's like Correct. when you can lift the bottom, lift your lift your lowest. Yeah. Then that's the, the moment when you can, you know, eventually you'll start to so shake. So what you're saying is that you have to appreciate yourself at your lowest because then you only deserve <laughs> yourself at the no, highest. No, because I'm not a hat comic. That's everyone has done that joke. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't love me at my best, I'm sorry, Sam Yobbs. I love you, but you're yeah. like the 10 millionth customer on that joke. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, I, I think so. That's also with the comedy is that as a comedian, when you grow, what you'll find is you got different batches of comedians. You got the one batch that basically keeps working on the same stuff, right? Yeah, and they just keep doing the same thing, hoping that will work. The whole definition of insanity. You got that one group over there. Oh, yeah. That same input, expecting different output, not happening. But that, that's a lack of discipline. Yeah, lack of discipline, also lack of motivation to realize that, dude, you need to do something more than just what you're doing now. You got you got to have awareness that what you're doing isn't working. Correct. Yeah, yeah. That's the first one, right? Then you got the other group that basically grows over time but because of the motivation is not like I want to achieve a certain a certain goal it's like I'll have some fun with it but you know if it works out it's great if it doesn't it's cool but they are willing to be aware that I want to improve because also the pressure from your peers of everyone else is doing like for example everyone else does new material you're at open mic and you're like oh man I better have some new material man you know that pressure is there and they're willing to accept it you still but then you will still have that one guy who's like sees the whole show is all new material and they will still, let's say, talk about, I don't know, let's say, topless truck drivers. You know? <laughs> you <will> have, yeah. <laughs> and let's just like, pick a random topic. Yeah, I'm like, you know? And they're like, okay, we get it, dude. We get it. The topless, we get it, right? But my point is that you don't have that awareness of, like, you know what? Maybe I should up my game just for the sake of it all being changed. Yeah, I think there's also a willingness to be uncomfortable. Yes. Because, like, focusing when you're unfocused is uncomfortable. Yeah. Taking risks is uncomfortable, and and the ease, the comfortable things that don't that that don't equal progress. Yeah, and I think that's where the people that flounder, and you see it all the time, is people who are just unwilling to be a, to admit that what they're doing isn't working and need some adjustment. Are the people that just shockingly pour years into this thing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, stand up is a bitch. Yeah, it, it is, is a harsh, harsh mistress. Yeah. and if you want to pull. It's stand up is like a casino. Yeah. If you want to drop all your oh, time you and money in there, yeah. it'll take it. Yeah, it can. You but know, you, you got to come in with, with a strategy. Yeah. And beat the house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're not just going in there, be like, you know what, blackjack, I'm gonna do 23. You're like what? And, and I'm not just like, I don't even think this is just about people. It's like you can do things yourself that you've got to go. All right, I got beaten on that game. Yeah. That didn't work. Yeah. But it's it's pulling it out. You know just too many jumping around here but like it's it's like Warren Buffett I think said it's not whether you're right or wrong it's how right you are when you're right and how yeah. wrong you are when you're wrong yeah, exactly. it's, it's like can you pull out of it 
yeah. fast enough that you don't lose too much time yeah. and you can get back to moving forward. Yeah. I think that is the whole Zen thing in everything in life, actually. That's like every Zen book, every um, Seven Habits, every you know motivation book says the same thing. It's like it's not a matter of avoiding the punches or avoiding the holes in the, in the ground. It's a matter of like you fall in the hole, can you climb up and restart? How good are you at that? I mean, what the Rocky Balboa, that, that movie had it right. It's not about how hard the punch is. It's about how hard you can take a punch and still get back up. Bruce Lee said the same stuff. And I think ultimately that's with comedy. Mike Tyson said, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. Oh, you mean everybody's got a plan until they <laughs> get punched in the face? <laughs> that's pretty good, babe. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I used to be a Mike Tyson imitator. Until they saw the whole body, I'm like, yeah. You've done that before. No, I've never done that. That's good. Really? Oh, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I mean, so that's the thing. I mean, that's another point is that talk is cheap, and I've had so many ev- events and occasions where guys are, let's say, MCs, right? And maybe they've started doing workshops and teaching people to be Haven't MCs. started doing comedy yet if they're yeah, MCs. Haven't, yeah, yeah, haven't. No, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because they're just talking. Blah, yeah. right? So the the weirdest thing is that I've had events where the MC teacher will come to the show with their students and trying to like, okay, you see what he's doing over there, right? So we're doing that. And I'm like, are you breaking down my comedy? But you're Oh yeah. Like, like dude. what? Right? Yeah. And the point is that then the students are like, Oh yeah, right, I'm really learning. I'm like, no, dude, why are you listening to this guy? He has right? no idea what he's talking about. He has about. no idea. He's just looking at a few elements. He doesn't know what's really going on on stage and what's really going on behind the scene. But you have a lot of those. But I think ultimately, ultimately, ultimately it comes down to every sort of basic human thing where it's Comedy requires you to get punched all the time, right? It is. You you have to have a relationship with being humiliated. Yes. And it's one of those things where when you fail, you can't be sure why. You get it? You can't just ask your mentor or like a peer and be like, what did I do wrong? They're like, you weren't funny. That's too generic, right? With any other performance or any other like any other stuff, uh, what you will have is that you've got people kind of guiding, oh, I see what you slipped. You know, you were dancing and you slipped. That's why it didn't work, right? But the thing is that with comedy, is like you weren't funny. Like, what do you, how do I fix that? It's not so black and white. Why yeah. weren't you funny? Like, a set can go can not go well for, for a myriad of reasons. You know, maybe you, you messed up your likability. Maybe someone else on the show was too similar to you, which is an excuse. Yeah. But it's a different reason. It doesn't mean the jokes aren't good. It yeah. just... Originality was lacking, there's, maybe. There is more to look into it. And you know what? I think that... One of the reasons why comedians do uh, can, can look for spirituality is a lack of structure. Yeah. People look for spirituality in the face of a lack of structure. Correct. A yeah. lot of the time. And comedy of I mean, all of them. That's why religion exists, really. Yeah. It gives you a little belief like, you know what, somehow it's going to work out. So when you don't know what to do, it gives you some reference point. Yeah. Even if that reference point is yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a two-edged sword. I always tell people like, uh, let's say in, in Islam, right, it's God willing, inshallah, right? And it's good because like it gives you that confidence that you know God's there with me. But also many people rely on it and be like, well, I'm just gonna sit here and God willing, I'll get rich. It's like, no, dude, you got to do something too. <laughs> you get it? Like I've had because I, I do go to schools. No, and God's talk. willing you to do something. Yeah, he's like willing, willing as in will you do it, please? You know, <laughs> God. You know. So my point is that that's the two-edged sword with spirituality and also like religion or whatever it is with comedy. Like you said, and I fully agree is that it's so lack of structure that until you yourself are stable. You're not going to be able to, to survive. Tough, tough to move forward. Yeah. Yeah. And the only way to be stable is, like I said, is to have a certain belief or a certain confidence. and But that takes time. You have to have some structure that you've agreed to, whether you've made it yourself or someone's guided you. Yeah. 
to, to, to move forward. It's not yeah. possible to move forward without that. Exactly. Wow. So, so I think that comedians can be spiritual. I know, I know they are. I know yeah. a lot of them are. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of them are. I, I'll put it this way. A lot of them are. I have met some who are spiritual for the cool factor of it. Really? Yeah, dude. Like, that guy's like, oh, yeah, man, you know, I'm meditating. I go yoga. I'm oh, like, man, ah. I'm embarrassed about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't go. Like, I'm, I'm not like, a, oh, God, yeah, I admit it. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, I need that. That's, I'm not good enough. I need to sit alone yeah, in my room. It's right? my meth. Yeah, it's yeah. my crystal meth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, like, but you have some of them like, like I said, I've met people who maybe done comedy before or done sort of performances, and then they do their talks, and then the whole thing about, like, I'm an artist and, you know, to find my inner art, the way they talk, you're like, oh, God, here we go. But that's, I feel like some art lends itself to being pretentious. Yes. But stand-up doesn't. Yeah. Because if you are pretentious, that's a facade that crowds won't like. Correct. That's what I love about stand-up. There's no, like, oh, I'm a... It's the best way to do art. Yeah. It's like, it's not, people aren't there. Here's what I love about it, right? Like, if you make a painting and it's in an art gallery, people are incentivized to act like they understand it and act like they put it on a pedestal. Stand-up's totally the opposite. People are like, I'm going to think you suck. I'm going to have pride in saying you suck unless you can really make me laugh. And I've had people I've made laugh tell me that something wasn't funny. And I'm like... You don't get to say that. You already laughed at yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like yeah. Y- your your body beat your yeah. your brain. You know, you don't get to go. Ha ha ha! That's yeah, a terrible joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, no, I was no, no. I was on a TV show in China, and yeah. they're like, "Can you do a joke?" And I go like, "I do this joke," and she laughed and goes, "You can't do that." I'm like, "Why?" She goes, "Not funny." I'm like, "You, you just laughed when I said yeah. it." She's like, "No, but because it was silly." I'm like, "It's a joke." Yeah, and that's how it works. <laughs> the laughter is the final I don't know what you're product. Expecting. Yeah. What do you want? Like a motivational class or something? <laughs> you want a philosophy behind it? Dude, uh, this is great. I'm really great when we did this today. I'm, yeah, I'm going to go meditate in the afternoon for a change now. I was meditating for most of this. I don't know what you said. <laughs> I'm going to have to listen to it again. 